0: so you notice there's many different gifts but god distributes as he wills it's up to god what he puts in the church it's up to god what gifts he gives you i don't have the same gift that you have and you don't have the same gift that i have now you probably could do some things better than me but i've got the calling and the gifting to do what i do just like you got the calling and gifting of what you do
1: You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God.
0: When you see 1 Corinthians 12 and 25, that there should be no schism in the body. We understand that Paul, when he wrote this letter, he was probably dealing with schism. And he didn't want any schism to be in the body. Schism is another word for division. It gives us a remedy to overcome schism. Members should have the same care for one another. I should care for you. You should care for me. And it should display in our actions. Now today has been set aside as a time we focus on aid and support that God has established in his church to aid and support me as the pastor, as well as those in the church. And so in turn, we can fulfill the will of God corporately. We will spend time today in the message, give more insight and understanding the purpose and function of auxiliaries in God's church. In fact, this week, we're celebrating the legacy, the legacy of a great auxiliary member and leader of OCC from years past. Her name is Mother Mary King. In our 2023 auxiliary revival, Mother Mary King was a faithful, consistent, diligent, and loyal auxiliary worker. She served in ministry in many ways by singing, cooking, sewing, And not only that, she could preach, too. And then all of that, she invited us over for meals. I know she cooked for some of you as well. And one thing about Mother Mary, she could cook, too. She could definitely cook. She had a calling. She used to encourage people. She used to pray for people. And she was a constant encouraging, not only to myself, but I know to you as well, for those who knew her. Mother served in ministry while still working late and long hours, raising children and a single mom and dealing with sometimes health challenges. One of the things I thought about many times, she would come, uh, go to work uh, at night on a Saturday night, get back up the next morning, maybe take a nap or two and come back in the house of God. She did not let it be, uh, She did not let it be an excuse not to be in the house of God. Now, was she challenging her body? Yeah, she was. But she was in the house of God, and normally she could shake it off and, and she was there. She could get in that word of God, and, and you know, it was just a blessing to see her face in the congregation. She, un- she understood the importance of staying in God's word and keeping her family in God's word as well. She would be a Bible study, and if she couldn't make it, she would call myself or Lady Dobbs to pick up a, uh, pick up her children. And you see a son over there just walked in, and he was much smaller back then. He wasn't as big as he is now. And we pick him up and take him, him and his sister to church, praise God, and it was a blessing. That's how I, I began to learn more about him and so, so forth. And she is the epitome of what we read in, early in Proverbs 22 and verse 6. You train up a child in the way he should go, and, we, and, and when they're old, they won't depart. We see that working in their life. It's my prayer that we go, as we go into today's message, we'll to gain a better understanding of how auxiliaries in the church can help aid and support God's church, God's people, and me as the pastor. As we fulfill the will of God for the ministry, because I'm learning how to do that. And my prayer is that we will learn and grow together in unity. Now, let's define what an auxiliary is. An auxiliary can be defined as an organized group of people within God's church that's designed to provide help and support in various aspects of ministry. And what are we doing? We're helping fulfill the purpose of the church. Help fulfill the purpose of the church. In my opinion, effective auxiliaries have the ability to provide assistance to God's house and his church. Leadership. In effective, high function auxiliaries, the members of that group know and understand that their primary purpose is to serve others, to ensure that members within the group serve according to the written and revealed Word of God. For example, men and women in youth ministry are three auxiliaries in the local church that, when they're operating according to the written and revealed Word of God, have the ability to help support so many people within the church specifically new members is in the group they can help in God's church established members they can help in God's church those that may be experienced a season of challenges uh, when it comes to being consistent in God's church auxiliaries can help in that matter Men and women's ministry uh, can help introduce and help solidify their relationship with Jesus. One of the things I often think about is this. You don't go to people uh, that go to church twice a year and ask for their advice about church. You go to people who are consistent. Week in and week out in the house of God, receiving God's word and putting that word into action. You go to those type people and you get advice when it comes to God's church. We want to see two, look at two main purposes for men, women, and youth ministry in the local church. To assist me, number one, to assist me as pastor and encouraging, giving support, confidence, and hope, and establishing Uh, establishing, which causes people, men and women to become firm and stable in God's word, God's way and God's church. We want to be established. We want to help people to get established and effective men, women, and youth ministry will seek to encourage and establish men and women and young people in the ways of God. See, the auxiliary leader and the members have an understanding, insight. They need to support, build confidence, and stir hope within these auxiliaries as well as those that they meet along the way. Men's ministry is stronger when the men within the ministry are encouraging other men in God's word and in God's church. Women's ministry is effective when the ladies are focused on helping other women And getting established in God's word and God's church. And the same is true for youth ministry. It's a work and requires diligence for the auxiliary leaders as well as the members in that particular auxiliary. They'll spend time praying. They'll spend time seeking God on behalf of the group. They will send text messages, make home visits, plan events, celebrate each other. Why? Because they understand that a primary focus for the auxiliary is to assist uh, in encouraging and establishing men and women in youth in God's word, God's way and in God's church. God's word gives us insight into that particular purpose. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11 and see what the Bible says concerning this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. So we need to comfort one another encourage and strengthen each other and we need to be able to in comfort encourage as well as strengthen each other and edify and build up restore and promote one another just as you also are doing one of the scriptures when you read that scripture Paul is letting us know that when you read this it's something that you, you're constantly doing It's not you just do it one time and then you stop doing it. It is your lifestyle of encouraging and building up and restoring and promoting uh, God's people and building them up in the word of God and the ways of God. It's a constant thing you do. You just don't do it one time and quit. It's a constant thing you do. And I think you should be doing it pretty much on a day by day basis. But it needs to be consistent. God's word instructs us to encourage and strengthen each other and edify one another. Paul was instructing the church in Thessalonians on how individually and collectively we must care for one another. We must constantly build each other up, restore one another, as well as celebrate and promote one another. Another See, as mature believers, we understand the enemy, the world, nor the flesh or carnal nature will not encourage, restore, nor build us up in the things of God. You can't expect the world to do what God instructs us to do. You can't go to a social media site uh, that's worldly based and expect to be encouraged in the things of God. When God saved us and filled us with his spirit, he gives us power, might, strength, and his nature to help us as well as help others. One of the first, you know, one thing I learned when I was flying, they said uh, when, if something happens and that oxygen mask falls down, you put it on yourself first, then you put it on somebody else. You got to help yourself first, then you can help others. You got to learn how to pray yourself. You got to learn how to be consistent yourself. And then in turn, you can help others along the way. The second purpose I want to talk about, a main purpose of men, women, and youth in ministry in God's church is to instruct men, women, and youth on their value, their worth, their importance, as well as their youthfulness usefulness as a member of the body of Christ and our local church. When I gain knowledge and understanding of my value, worth from God's perspective, my life begins to change for the better. To know that we serve a sovereign, mighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God who gave us his life as a ransom for my life should give you the mindset that increased my value and my worth. Why would a great God die for somebody he did not love? Thank God he loves us enough to save us and to die for us. Even when I might feel as though others don't value me or I don't value myself, God knows my worth, my importance, that I'm capable of being used in his kingdom. Powerful and effective men, women, and youth ministry will constantly be teaching and creating an atmosphere that shows others they'll be valued, they'll be important, and that God desires to use them for his kingdom and his church. Now, as mature Christians, we know it's God's word that there are many gifts, talents, and abilities in God's church. God knows what his church needs. What, uh, that's why he's, when he saves and sends people to his church and matures them, he knows exactly what gift he's sending into the church. Men, women, and youth ministry helps encourage and establish and teach people their value so they can seek God to perfect their God-given bill, gifts and abilities. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 12 to look at the gifts that God has left or put in his church first Corinthians chapter 12 verses 8 through 12 and notice what the Bible says for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So you notice There's many different gifts, but God distributes as He wills. It's up to God what He puts in the church. It's up to God what gifts He gives you. I don't have the same gift that you have, and you don't have the same gift that I have. Now, you probably could do some things better than me, but I've got the calling and the gifting to do what I do. Just like you got the calling and gifting of what you do. See, one thing about it, I don't need eight elbows. Let me say that to you again. I don't need eight elbows. I need it. I need two elbows. I need two hands. I need two feet. I need two knees. I don't need a bunch of the same thing over and over and over again. The body is not functioning right with the same thing over and over again. So understand you don't do the same thing I do. You don't do this. We don't, I don't do the same thing you do. But when we work together, we get somewhere. We accomplish something. We don't listen. I've seen God. He doesn't make everybody the same. So you don't expect everybody to think like you. You don't expect anybody to talk like you and act like you, but you expect us to work together. Isn't it good to be different? Thank God. You know somebody say amen now, boy. It's a blessing to be different, y'all. It's, it's a blessing to be different. It's a blessing. And God, because why? God made you that way. You didn't make yourself like that. You, mean, you didn't make your DNA. You didn't make it the way you look and so forth. God made you like that, and he made you for, with a purpose in mind. He made you with a purpose in mind. And so we see this also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For as the body is one, it's the same unit. It's unity, but it has many or a large number of members. All the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. As we see in God's church, it is one body with many members, yet we should operate as a unit in unity. And as we operate as one and avoid the appearance and thoughts of any division, chaos, and confusion we will see the manifestation of his many gifts operating in my, in our church. One thing you never, you shouldn't do is don't make anybody like you. You should be like Christ. If you are a, listen, if you are good at administration, administrate. If you are good at helping, help. If you're good at this, do what God has called for you to do. Now, we have similar things, yeah, but we will not be all the same all the same because why he made different but it's the same spirit the Holy Spirit that works in all now as we operate as one and avoid the appearance of and thoughts of any division chaos confusion we're going to see the manifestation of his many gifts operating in our life that's what we see in first Corinthians 12 and 12 we are many members but all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ And so we see how men, women, and you can set the course for auxiliaries to grow and mature, such as armor bearers, pastor or aid, praise team, media ministry, dance and drama ministry, music ministry, and so forth. Each area of ministry has specific focus and purpose. Pastor aid and armor bearer primary focus is to serve, support, honor, encourage, and pray for the pastor and his family through words, deeds, and financial support. They do the work and lead other members in God's church to do likewise. Help's ministry primary focus is to establish a welcoming and peaceful environment for the saints of the church so that they can receive God's word freely health ministry primary purpose is to be diligent in serving others with Kleenex ties and offering envelopes sermon notes and they must be prepared to support special services such as revivals funerals homegoing service and so forth music ministry primary focus is to lead the service and teach others to praise and worship God in spirit and in truth to promote an atmosphere a high level of worship that will bring healing deliverance and glory to Jesus to prepare the atmosphere for the word of God to be ministered see notice there are different aspects of different ministries but all operate in one church or one body we're different nobody is the. we're similar but nobody is the same and I can continue, but we can see that each auxiliary has a specific purpose and importance to God's house. See, each auxiliary supplies and provides essential and unique, uh, unique to God's people, his shepherd, and ultimately his church. What will we minister to? That's why we see in uh, Ephesians chapter four and verse 16. In fact, let's go to Ephesians chapter four and verse 16, Ephesians chapter four and verse 16. From whom the whole body join and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. From whom the whole, every individual and collective body join together and knit together by what every joint supplies. One of the things I had to ask myself, the question is, what, if I'm connected, let's say I'm connected to this particular, this pulpit, then what am I supplying? What comes through me and goes to the pulpit and what comes from the pulpit over to me? So I got to ask myself, am I supplying what God wants me to supply or am I supplying something out of the will of God? For example, am I supplying encouragement, am I supplying love, am I supplying uh, joy, am I supplying whatever that they need, or am I supplying hatred, division, and so forth? See, you got to ask yourself, what are you supplying? You, you, We can get caught up in what everybody else is doing, but as, have you asked yourself the question, what am I supplying? What am I giving to my fellow brothers and sisters? First of all, in my auxiliary, and then, what? see, if I give bad, bad going to go to somewhere else. I've got to learn how to give what God wants me to have. Faith, love, joy, and so forth, encouragement. I want to be proficient in what I give. I had to ask myself the question this morning, am I giving something that's going to be a blessing to the congregation? Am I going to give something that's going to be a blessing or am I going to give something that's going to bring division? Like we talked about here a little bit earlier in our main scripture. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, what am I giving? Pastor, I don't know what, I'm not giving anything. Well, you might be giving indifference. You might be given, I don't care, mindset. You might be given something that it may seem innocent, but it could be a negative situation. And so I've got to learn how to give what God instructs me to give because I want to supply something valuable. What am I making available? What am I making available? Now, according to the text, when we come together individually and collectively and join together with each other, unity takes place. We, when, 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 when unity takes place, it brings order and eliminates disorder. Each Odds will be working together in unity uh, to meet a need in God's church with a common goal of aiding, supporting God's people and God's pastor. The pastor has an assignment too, according to Jeremiah 3 and 15. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. See, I need to supply knowledge and understanding to you, the congregation. I need to supply knowledge. I need to feed you. I need to teach you, instruct you, guide you, and lead you with knowledge and understanding. I need to give you insight comprehension, and wisdom that brings about prosperity. If I do that, then I'm doing my job. And one of the things I got to ask myself, am I doing my job? And so if I'm asking myself the question, am I doing my job, you need to ask yourself the question, am I doing my job? Am I doing my job? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I supplying what every joint is supposed to receive? Because I'm connected to somebody in the church. I'm connected to somebody and they're going to be getting what I supply. Now, God is constantly revealing and reminding us of our primary purpose. He holds me accountable for my purpose, but he also holds us as a congregation accountable for our purpose as well. Holds me accountable, holds you accountable. He holds all of us accountable because he wants to make sure every joint supplies. Ooh, thank God. Thank God for supplying God. Ephesians 4 and 16, for whom the whole individual and collectively body join together and knit together. Notice this by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. Notice something every joint supplies. And I thought about this from this standpoint it supplies whether it's good or not so good. I want to make sure it's good. I want to be, listen, I love being connected to people that, that are talking faith. That are believing God. That, listen, even if it's negative situation, they're still talking faith. They're still talking, God can still do it. They're still talking, his, all things are working together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to His purpose. Listen, you may be challenging your body, but somebody's speaking, hey, you know, Jesus is a healer, don't you? You know, you ain't got a problem, you ain't got a sickness, you ain't got a disease that Jesus cannot handle. I need those type of people to be connected to. I don't need to be people talking about, you know what, I don't know if you're going to make it or not. I don't need to be connected to those type people. I need people to say, hey, God is still a healer. God is still a deliverer. There's not a sickness, disease that God cannot handle. There's not a problem God can give you the answer to. God knows everything and he wants to share his answers with you. I want to be connected to those people. I want that joint to supply. I want it to be knowledge and understanding. I want people that are single to understand that God has a plan for you. I need people that are married to know that God has a plan for you. I need to know that people that are raising children, that God has a plan for your child. I need to know and be connected to these people because this is what I need to live my everyday life. I need to, on a Tuesday. I need what God supplies to me. On a Wednesday, I need what God supplies to me. I, on a Thursday morning, I need what God supplies to me. I don't need to be have a. I don't need for you to have what God has for me, and then you try to hold it up and hold it for yourself, because you messing me up. You I'm, you messing me up. I need what God supplies. I need what God supplies. It's because if I do that, according those the latter part of four sixteen. According to effective working by which every part does his share. Every part got to do his share. Every part got to do his share. You know what every part means? Look around the sanctuary. Every part. Every part. Every part got to do a share. Well, I want to do my share. That's the problem. That's the problem. Every part got to do his share. Every part has to do is share. And what share means, what am I producing? What am I producing? Am I producing what you need or am I just being selfish and say, you know what, somebody else will do it. I mean, listen, if it get done, fine. If it don't get done, fine. I don't need to be connected to folks like that. Indifference about whether or not it gets done or not. Because I don't know what I'm going to need on Tuesday afternoon. I don't know what I'm going to need when I'm dealing with family situation. I don't know what I'm going to need when I'm dealing with this work situation and then all of a sudden I say, you know what? They say one more thing to me. You ain't never been to that? You ain't, you ain't, oh, sorry, I pray. Pray for, pray for the rest of us. Pray for the rest of us. But for the rest of us who sometimes run across that, if they say one more thing to me, you need, you need God. You need God to remind you, hey, you know you got bills to pay, son. You, it ain't as bad as what you think it is. Listen, it could be a whole lot worse. I put, you there because, listen, I put you there because I want you to pray for those individuals. The ones that be right, the, the, the ones, is it praying for you or praying for that person? I don't know which one. We might pray praying for both of us. But I need you there. I need you with that family. I'm going to leave all these folks here. I don't want to mess with none of my family. No, I need you with that family. I need you with that family to pray for that family. You are the light that I put in that family to bring them to me. You are light. You are the one that I need. Every part does its share. Everybody does it. Well, well Pastor, I need for you to be with me. No, no, no. You got to do your share just like I have to do my share. Everybody does its share. When I do my share, I produce and I cause growth or increase. I cause increase. When I do my, this is the thing. If I don't do my share, no increase comes. But if I do my share, increase comes not only corporately, but individually as well. I like that about God. God, when you do your share, you ain't got to know, you know God gonna bless you for doing your share, don't you? Listen, you can't be around God and God and I bless you for doing your share. You ever notice that when you give, it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give it to your bosom? Why? Because you did your share. You know when you give, it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Why? Because you did your share. And people that don't do their share miss out on the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. We need to do our share. Look toward heaven and say, I'm going to do my share. Thank you, Lord, for doing my share. We all have a work to do. We have a share that God expects us to produce and be productive. When we operate in his commands, he causes growth and increase of the body. How do we get our church to grow and continue to grow? We know our part and do our part and we do it in unity we do it with love and we do it with care for god and his people remember i got a part to do members have a part to do when i start to do your part and you begin to do my part we will have chaos and confusion and we know that god's not the author of confusion god did, listen he don't, he don't ask you to come here and do what i do missing sleep and all that kind of stuff but he don't ask me to do what you do neither are y'all seeing him so we do our part, and everybody is blessed. Everybody is blessed. Many of us can agree that our natural body is off, not feeling well, and operating as should. You know, when you feel sluggish and hurt, and not and, and not doing, you don't feel like producing that much. But when you feel like you need to feel, you'll produce. You'll produce. The same way it goes in the body of Christ. When we're doing what we need to do, the body will produce. It will produce. I like scripture where it talks about where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I'll be in the midst. What? We're producing Some. I like to be with two or three people that like to produce. I like to be with 200 that like to produce. I need to be with 2,000 that need to produce. We need to be in a situation where we are producing. Producing. Oh, God. See, a diseased body will cause dis-ease in the body. In one sense, we got allow that to creep in our local church as well. See, the enemy, the world, enemy, strife, jealousy, rebellion, twisted thinking and action can try to invade our church today and create disease, That's causing dis ease from the members and even the pastor. See, churchmen will start working in unity, begin to compete with each other, and seek to bring harm and hurt rather than healing and restoration. I believe that the early church understood the atmosphere that was needed to cause a healthy church to grow and to prosper. We work together in unity in one mind, loving and caring for one another. We can create that early church experience. One thing about I love about God, he doesn't ask for us to be perfect, but he does ask for us to mature. I'm glad I ain't got to be a perfect pastor. Boy, that'd be too much trouble, too much trouble for me because I got some issues going on. Pray my strength of the Lord. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 through 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 through 47. So continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So notice this, they continued daily with one accord on one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and joy and simplicity of heart. Nothing wrong with eating with joy. Thank God for eating with joy. 47, praising God and having faith with all the people and the Lord added. And the Lord had people join and gather to the church daily those who are being saved, those who are being delivered and rescued and protected and restored and causing them to prosper. Notice the thinking, the talking, and the actions of the members in the, in the local church and in the early church. Acts 2, 46. We see this in Acts 2, 46 through 47. They continually operate with one accord, one mind, and one passion to see souls save and grow in God's written and revealed word. They fellowship frequently in meaningful ways to connect as a team in settings beyond the church setting. They made connections with each other and they got to know babes and established members in a positive and productive manner. Also, they got to know them as well. You know, one thing I love um, is getting to know people because people, to me, are very interesting. Y'all don't find people interesting? I do, man. People just fascinate me. You ain't never had somebody like, man, this person's really interesting. And other people might be boring, but they're very interesting to I me. Mean, keep it simple. All things should be easy to understand, transparent, and plain for others to operate and grow. Maintain a positive uplifting atmosphere of praise and promote Jesus, his word and his ways. Remain in agreement and alignment with what being taught in the ministry. And see, as we hear and take heed and act on what is revealed in scripture, we can expect to see the Lord adding daily to the church, those who are being saved. See, we want to see our aux- auxiliaries at OCC functioning in a high level of productivity. And as we work in unity, we're helping and supporting each other with our gifts, our finances, our time, our talent, and so forth. We see ourselves as one, and so we must care and support each other so that people will experience that care and support in our midst. That's why we see Paul said something that I thought was very interesting in verse 1 Corinthians 12, 21. First Corinthians 12, 20. Let me show this to you real quickly. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again to the feet, I have no need of you. What are we telling people? We have no need for them. We have no need for them. We should not be in a position that we tell people we have no need of them. Because scripture is very clear here. I can't say to the the eye, or I have no need of you. Nor can I say head to the feet, I have no need to you. Even though they do different functions, both parts are necessary. You don't know, listen, you don't be... (laughs) I don't never want you to be in a position where you realize how much you need a part, especially when you can't use it. I love using all my parts, but I thank God that God's given me grace to use it. Grace to use it. Listen, you don't appreciate something to start get out of the bed one day like, I ain't jumping out of the bed like I used to. I remember the time I used to hop out the bed, the alarm clock go off. Boom, there it is. I'm up. Let's go. That the alarm clock go off. Oh. Let me get another position. Let me, let me, let me slide out of bed now. Ain't, ain't no jumping out of bed. Sliding out of bed. Make sure the feet are on the ground. Then these they got to make sure I'm putting nothing on the, on the floor. I ain't stepping on something. <laughs> it's a whole different ball game getting out of bed now. See, you got to appreciate them times where you can just jump out of bed because if you live long enough, you might come to a day where you don't have to find a, just thanking God you're getting out of bed. Hallelujah. Boy, I remember in the days, boy, I could sit in a certain position, boy, and just be fine. Someday I sit in a certain position like, oh, where did that, that come from? <laughs> See, only four or five people understood what I'm talking about there. The rest of y'all keep living and I pray you'll want experience like I, we have. Hallelujah. So notice what Paul says. He goes on in verse 25, 1 Corinthians 12, 25. He says that there be no schism in the body. I can't tell you I don't need you because that would, that would promote schism. That would promote division. That would promote dissension in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. The foot should be taken care of just like the hand should be taken care of. And the knee should be taken care of just like the, the uh, foot should be taken care of. We take care of one another. It's that Paul is stressing to the Corinthian church and to us that we need to be intentional, deliberate, as well as calculated in preventing or keep from happening or arising schism from ever entering God's church or God's body. Division is the act of separating something in the parts. Division will attempt to separate marriages, siblings, productive work relationships, and a church family, especially within groups and auxiliaries. It's amazing to me, and I know it. we see it all the time. The enemy can, can take something small and make it huge. Make it huge. Listen, I've seen something, and I've been guilty of this too. I've taken something small and made it into something big. And, and then God had to remind me, what you upset about that for? The Lord, Lord ever tapped you on the shoulder and said, why are you upset about this, right? Why are you worried about this right here? Why are you angry and upset about these things happening right here? And then, then he asked me the question right here. Now, he may not ask you this question, but this is the question he asked me Don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? You remember them days you see that light bill and that thing about $40, $50? And you'd be like, What are we going to do, Lord? Now you see it. You add about a one to, in front of that one, one of that. Especially if you like to run the head condition, boy. You know that bill going to run over $200 if you ain't careful. And then you got to say, God, you need you to get mad with 40. That's what you're going to do with 140. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Listen, whatever comes up in your life, do we trust him? Do we trust him? Do we trust, do we trust God in what he said in our life? Yeah, I know it's not going to always be easy, but do I trust him? Jesus in this situation, in this circumstance. Why am I fretting over this, that, and the other? Divisions can cause disunity, separation, and will sever good godly relationships if allowed to operate. Let me give you some signs and causes of division in the church as well as an auxiliary. Unresolved issues with hidden anger over past situations. People mad about stuff two years ago. And you know what what gets me when when sometimes people get mad about stuff that happened two years ago? They expect you to remember it. I didn't get me to your man's right there, but that's okay though. I know I'm talking to y'all in the sanctuary. Sometimes people get upset with you and they mad because you don't remember like they remember it. I know they remember what happened. That that just happened two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And you in your mind like I don't know what happened two weeks ago. I barely remember what I did two weeks ago. <laughs> Nothing mad at you because you don't remember what you did two weeks ago. And let me say it to you. I just repent because I probably did do it. I probably did say it. Now, you know what you said? No, nah, I don't. Yeah, well, no, not really. But go ahead and I'll repent of it right now. And let's move on forward from that. Thank y'all for the four-way man. Y'all keep looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. But understand, unresolved issues. Another issue will come up would be bitterness among each other to be intentional and avoid speaking and interacting with, it, with one another. Bitter people will get bitter with you and they won't speak to you and then they expect for you just like the other person to know why you're bitter at them. Sometimes it don't work like that. That's why communication is so important. That's why the enemy tries to hide Remember, I always told you, if you don't communicate, the enemy will always communicate. He will fill in the blanks in the spots where you have no answer. You don't have an answer, the enemy will give you one. Sure will. We're here. He, he answered my phone call. Enemy will say, you know he whipped. Or he she with. That's just the enemy just throwing in answers. They have nothing to do with it. Could be the out of range. Can't see, hear your phone call. I mean, you just don't know. This is the thing you got to understand. You can't let the enemy get in the middle of it. Are y'all following Power struggles. Everyone wants power over the others, but no one wants to serve and earn the respect of others. Service is the greatest way to get power. Next one is a loss of desire to fellowship with each other and invite others to be a part of what we are doing. Isn't it sad? You don't want to invite others to the fellowship. Division will destroy a church. Division will destroy a family. Division will destroy a good job. You leave a good job thinking people don't talk about you, and all it is somebody else wants your job. They want your place. Don't let nobody run you off your job unless the Lord tell you to leave. Don't you leave like that unless the Lord tell you to now. Now, let me, something I had to write. I wrote down. I need to make sure everybody understand this. I have been the person that brought division in the camp. I have been that person. So I had to say, Lord, I repent for bringing division in the camp. Forgive me, God, for bringing division. I can't just be pointing fingers at y'all and not look at myself. I, I have been the one that brought division in the camp. So when you find yourself being the one who brings division, repent. Ask God to forgive you and do better. Everybody say do better. Now, in my opinion, the thief is the puppet master of division. John chapter 10, verse 10 reads as follows. The thief does not come, excuse me, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, as mature, spirit-filled, spirit-led believers, we must be able to identify and deal with division. Even if we are the ones that's causing division. If it's us, we got to deal with us. If it's us, we got to deal with us if we are the one that's causing division. If we're being used by the thief, we got to be the ones that, hey, I'm being used by the thief here to cause division in my auxiliary. I need to get this thing right. I need to say, hold it. The Holy Spirit, remember when David was going through and and, and, uh, David was acting like he didn't do anything wrong. And, and, and the prophet Samuel came up to him and told the man of God a story. When he finished the story, David said, who is this person that did this thing? And the prophet looked at him and said, you are the man. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, you the one messing up. Or when the Holy Spirit reveals to you, you're messing up. You are the one that got to repent. We, it's easy for us to point fingers at others. But sometimes we got to look at ourselves and say, am I the one bringing schism in this situation? We got to deal with these things. First Corinthians 12, 25, that 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 there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. Paul gives a key element dealing with schism and division in this church. Notice a latter part of this particular text that. There should be no schism in the body; that the members should have the same care for one another, identical care for one another, the same thoughts and promotes and promote each other. For excuse me, in this particular situation, I believe that as we learn from promoting Jesus and each other, it will change our lives and make us better, as well as make others better. That's how we keep unity going. That's how we keep productivity going. See, promotion of Jesus and others will teach us to be thoughtful, supportive, and encouraging others, even when it may cause us to be in the background. In my opinion, when our primary focus becomes that of advancing and following the cause of Jesus and others, it automatically promotes us. And sometimes promotion will not have you in the spotlight but it will be a blessing to you. We become unique when we encourage support and build others up. When we learn how to better cause Jesus to shine and be exalted, he teaches how to encourage and help others shine. When he's lifted up, he will draw and drag all men unto him. In other words, he's going to help you be, be lifted up in our life. If you can imagine a flashlight in a dark place, whenever that light shines, we focus our attention on the source of the light. Jesus is the ultimate source. But he will teach us how to shine the light to help us to know him and become established in him. No doubt Paul wanted the members to have the same or identical care for one another. Paul knew they might not agree on everything, but with care for one another, they would work past the differences and find the common ground, which is the word of God. Remember, the word of God's got to be our common ground. We may like different colors, but the word of God must be our common ground. We may like different foods, but the word of God must be our common ground. Nothing wrong. You like um, what you like. I like what I like. But our common ground is the word of God. Our common ground is, listen, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen, our common ground should be this. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open to you. That's our common ground. Our common ground is, he's doing it exceedingly, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's our common ground. We believe that Jesus is, can heal any sickness, any disease that come up in our life. We believe that, beloved, I wish of all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. That is our common ground. What is it? The word of God. And we believe in the word. We're going to see the word work in our lives. I want to encourage us as members of God's church collectively, individually. When we see schism, division and dissension creeping up in our thinking, conversation and action, we need to remember when I see something, I need to say something. Many times when we deal with it at the start or in those in our midst, it prevents us from causing separation and destruction. Let's continue to grow in our love and care for each other so that we can love and care for those who are wounded, hurting, abused, and dealing with feelings of hopelessness. Even the ones with no issues can see we need to take care of them, too, because sometimes they get overlooked because we don't think they got issues. You know, we look at some people and we see them hurt. But what about the people that don't look hurt? Do you still encourage them as well? Do you still encourage the ones who don't look like they're going through anything, smiling all the time? Because sometimes those people get overlooked sometimes because they look like nothing's happening in their life. But I've learned I've lived long enough to understand that you can't always go by the smile. That sometimes even the people with the smile have issues that they deal with. And they need encouraging along the way. You know, Jesus loves us and cares for us. We must strive to unite with Him and each other so that we may love and care for each other. My responsibility, my obligation, my duty as a member of the body of Christ and as a child of God is to display a Christ minded mindset, uniting and caring. For one another. Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mindset is that? I'm going to do what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25 tells us that there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. Who's one another?
1: Look around the sanctuary. That's the one another he's talking about. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give. Text GIVE to the number seven seven zero six nine two 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 five. 692 2225 That's 770 692 5. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.